The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning, Refuge Church. We are live on this special Christmas day after Christmas refuge live video. Um, If you just want to drop a line in the comments to say that you are here and you are with me, um, I would love to see that so I can interact with you a little bit during this time. I see Stuart Whitford is here. um, And I plan to talk with you guys about a couple different things as we look at Psalm 23, um, after we do a little bit of a highlight for this year, I'm really excited to do this with you as I've never done a live video like this before, and it seems like it's going to be a good time. How's it going, Stuart? I'm glad you're here. So... Let me pray for our time this morning. Father, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for the snow and just how amazing that is. God, it just shows your diversity in creation. It shows your beauty, your greatness. We thank you for times like this, God, that slow us down to truly enjoy rest, to enjoy time with family, and to reflect on what you've done most of all. We pray that you would be with us this morning as we talk about this year, and we pray that you would be with us as we look at Psalm 23, and we ask that you'd be honored and glorified during our time in your name amen wow there's four of us here how's it going hannah and daniel how's it going ibrahim so um what i was thinking was as kind of a fun way is we're all kind of hunkered down at home due to the weather uh originally i was going to be outside but my kids are playing out there and i think that if i was out there you're going to hear a lot of crazy things and you might see kids going flying across the lawn as well and I, I really don't want Kitsap County to think I'm a crazy father. No, I'm just kidding. But um, how's it going, Cinnamon? It's good to see you. Um, before we jump in, there's a couple things that I was hoping that we could get down in the comments today. And that is, um, I have two questions. And I'll tell you what, the best answers to these two questions will win a free cup of coffee with me at the Coffee Oasis once the snow has dissipated i mean believe it or not i'm gonna actually try to make a drive out into this here in about 15 minutes and i'm gonna go get a chicken parm from fred meyer i i have to do it i just really have to do it because i need chicken parmesan and uh i want to see this winter wonderland up close and personal so um the two things that i want you to answer is one what are you going to do today now that the snow is all over and you're probably not going to do a ton of traveling how do you plan to spend your time 
um, either if that's by yourself or with your family, what does that look like? I just want you to comment. Just say what you plan to do today. Um, it could be simple. It could be complex. Whatever you want it to look like. And then the second one that I wanted to ask you was, um, what was your favorite part about yesterday? So the two comments, one, what are you going to do today? And what was your favorite part about yesterday? Or even what was something really interesting or cool you got as a gift? I got a thing called clotted cream. And uh, it's actually something that you put on food in England. And I thought that was really interesting. My wife got me that. Um, so whatever whatever you want to post out in the comments, that's good. Um, the best two comments of what you did yesterday, what you enjoyed yesterday, what you got yesterday, something like that, or what you plan to do with your time today, we'll get, we'll win a coffee with me at the Coffee Oasis. Love that answer, Hannah. Uh, I think that's great. I'm taking it that you and Daniel both are on that. So let's get started today. <clears throat> How, how's it going, Rue? As as we kind of draw to a close of what 2021 looks like, I took a little bit of time and I just kind of highlighted just a bunch of different things. And some of it is national, some of it's local, some of it could be personal. And um, as pastors of the Refuge Church, Daniel and I um, were talking yesterday and we really, as we have looked at the news, as we've read the news, as we've heard the news, we've just become increasingly tired um, just because of all the different things. And there's so many different things that we could highlight and talk about. But instead of getting us filled and excited for the new year, it might actually slow us down and actually make us really tired. So we want to focus on some of those really cool things that we've experienced, not only as a church, as a community, and um, to share in those things together. And there's actually quite a few as I pulled together. So please um, just really... Uh, be filled with joy as I read some of this stuff and, and uh, help us to look back on this year and enjoy it together. And feel free to comment because I might, I might add some of that as we go. This is a live video. It's supposed to be a shared experience. Okay, so let's start in January of 2021. Schools start to open back up for in-person classes for elementary school students. Parents, that's some good news. I'm sure you were excited when you found out that some of your smaller children get to go back to school and give you a little bit of a break. The second thing that I wanted to point out was at that point, we were still at Crossroads Neighborhood Church and we were doing two services a month there. And if you guys remember what that was like, all that social distance, how spaced out some of that was, um, that's where we were in January. In February... We actually started a brand new sermon series called In the Face of Death. And it was really a timely series that was exciting. Why? Because it was talking about Thessalonica, who's literally staring death in the face. And our, ch and our church and our world was going through so much uncertainty at that time. So it gave us this idea that through Jesus, we could confidently look at the world and go through the things that we were seeing and going through and be confident, even if it meant the face of death. Some lame news for February was that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. I don't think anyone wants to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. I mean, we love you, Tom, but uh, we really want you to retire. We're getting sick of seeing you every year at your annual Super Bowl trophy ra raising. Um, March. On the 6th of March... Sam and Bailey Crone got married. 
This was the first wedding for the refuge in 2021. Isn't that cool? So we started out kind of early in the year with a wedding, and that's nice. Here's some heartwarming news. This is something I read in some of the news that I had dug up that I was pretty pumped about and I wanted to share with you guys because, you know, there's those stories that you hear and you're like, wow, that made me feel really good inside. But here it is, okay? So an employee in Oklahoma was at Goodwill, their job at Goodwill, and they were folding clothes. And in between the stacks of clothing, they found $42,000. And what did that person do? Well, of course they pocketed. They didn't pocket the money. What they did was they contacted the person who lost the money and told them, hey, you left $42,000 at the store. And they came back. And the cool part was they gave them a $1,000 reward for doing that. Doesn't that just restore your hope in people that there are literally people out there who want to do the right thing? And also, kind of as a smaller mention, um, applications to Goodwill have gone up significantly since that moment. So in April, on April 11th, we came back to the Coffee Oasis as our home for church. Guys, that's a big thing to celebrate. After all those months of having two services and all those Zoom and Facebook Live services, we were able to come back together and celebrate Jesus together in our building. And slowly but surely, our hope starts to bubble because we see lots of our friends and family return. And that was pretty exciting. And around that same time, the next week, we started a sermon series called Talking to God. And if you remember, there were many people like you and I who were walking through the Bible and walking through the timeline in the Bible. And as they were walking with God, they were talking to God and God was actually answering them. And that's incredible because they were having this real interaction with God, kind of like we do when we pray and we talk to God. But they were actually experiencing God in incredible ways. Um, if you remember some of the stories, Abraham, uh, when God showed up to him and he tells him, hey, I'm going to take you from your people and I'm going to make your descendants numerous and I'm going to give you a land. I mean, that's amazing. And, and he trusts and he follows. And then you have, you know, like the story of Joshua where God shows up and he's throwing the hail balls, if you remember that, because Joshua goes to save the deceptive Gibeonites, which is pretty, pretty incredible. So, also in April, Megan Biffert came back to work for The Refuge as our gathering coordinator. Welcome back, Megan. We are so excited to have you back. And it's been definitely a presence felt, and um, it just seems like a, a really natural fit, and we love that. In May, here's one. We're going to go off the grid a little bit. This is kind of more of a Jake one, because I, I really was interested in this. We have some major sports news. So, Major League Baseball, there were four no-hitters in the MLB in May, which tied the previous record of four no-hitters, which was placed when? Back in 1990, 1990, the days of Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson. So, pretty incredible things. It took us 30-some-odd years to get to a place where we could tie that record. And that's pretty incredible. So if you're a baseball fan, big things happened in May 2021. Heartwarming news. We got Benifer back. Daniel and I were talking about this week and we were laughing. And so I figure we have to talk about what that looks like. Daniel says that a no-hitter is a boring game. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's still history and that's great. Um, we got Benifer back. It's Benifer 2.0 is what you see in the newspaper articles and in the 
tabloids and in the magazines, Ben and Jennifer have rekindled their romance and we get to experience all of it. We don't know how long, but uh, we got it back. June, uh, June 19th, June 10th is declared a federal and national holiday. So Juneteenth is a holiday that we get to celebrate with our brothers and sisters of color as we proclaim their freedom and we're excited about their freedom and we get to share with them and celebrate with them because that is an incredible and amazing day to celebrate. And so we are here with you, standing with you and celebrating with you that Juneteenth is now a national and federal holiday. In July, um, this is kind of a month where we had some really cool and fun things, and then we also had some really serious things happen. Um, the Kitsaps Farmers Market uh, reopened, and that was really hopeful for us. Um, but also at the beginning of the month, and this is not a secret to anyone, we lost a dear friend and founding pastor, Dave Frederick, and that that was hard. And um, we still experience that. We're still experiencing the sadness and the grieving that comes with that. And that's okay. And if you need to talk to someone, um, we would love to do that. Because he was a dear friend and we loved him greatly. Um, also, uh, another major sporting news event. Tampa Bay captures the Stanley Cup. Now, if you remember last year when I did our year in review, I said that I believe only eight teams have ever done this where a city would have two championships in the same year. Tampa did this with the Buccaneers and with the Lightning. So now it's like nine, I think. And what's incredible about this, I said it was rare last year. It looks like it's not so rare because if you recall, the Dodgers and the Lakers won last year. So Los Angeles was the big city. Tampa Bay is the new big city. And what's incredible about it is they changed their name to Champa Bay. So it is okay to call them Champa Bay. And I don't like it, but you can do it if you want. Okay, here's another cool news note. On the 27th of July, Myrna Jean Robbins is born to Greg and Johanna Robbins. Is that cool or what? August. On August 7th, we celebrate a marriage. This is our second marriage. Ryan and Shanice Lee are married. August 9th, we celebrate the arrival of yet another refuge baby. And this one kind of hits ho close to home because this baby shares a birthday with Lola, my daughter. And that is Amina Marie Harriet to Carl and Caroline Harriet. How exciting is that? So we got babies all over the radar these days. If anybody wants to make an announcement, this is the time. Okay, so August 28th, uh, the Refuge holds our first big group meeting together since the pandemic. If you remember, we went to the Scenic Beach State Park and we enjoyed food and fun times together. Pat had, I believe, some gloves on as he was doing some high-tech ripping of me and we also got to play volleyball and the kids had some really crafty games that were constructed by the Schaefers. In September, um, I don't have a ton for September, but what we did do is we started a new sermon series called The Kingdom where we focused on the kingdom of God and what that looks like and also the king of the kingdom, Jesus. David, I'm sorry to hear that you're stuck in snow in the ice on Bainbridge Island. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Um, in October, this one was a big personal, um, highlight for me. We held, I love this, Sam Gordon, 
August 31st, my husband and I found out we were expecting our first child. I love that. Thank you for that. That's a great update. Um, in October, on the 18th, the Refuge held a hearty soup cook-off where I won for my famous buffalo chicken chili, which I would be happy to make for anybody here. If you remember, I came the next day wearing a real fancy hat and a gold chain around my neck because I wanted everyone to know that I'm the undisputed champion of soup cook-offs. Well, I'm not really undisputed. I didn't win the first year, but I plan to next year. So, just so everyone's aware, um, that is your open challenge to come beat me at next year's soup cook-off. On the 15th, we have another baby arrival. Grace Elise Butler is born to Eric and Carrie Butler. Another baby, right, on our radar. The refuge is full of babies. If anybody has ever gone to our church, you see in the back, there are tons of kids crawling and army crawling under chairs and all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> That's actually my kids that army crawl under chairs. I can, I can do that. I'm their dad. And so reality is um, lots to be excited about. Lots of new life. Not, lots of new birth. Um, November. Here's a really good thing that we're cheering on. On the 14th of November, Charlie Moore returns to church after a long uphill battle with the coronavirus. We were so happy to see Charlie. I remember kind of feeling like it was like this weird dreamy days because I look back and I saw Charlie and I go, oh my goodness, I haven't seen him in forever. And I, and I just had to go up and say hi because if anybody has ever talked to Charlie, it is just a really good time. Um, you can talk about almost anything. The guy's, the guy's a really fun guy. Um, November 20th, we celebrate the marriage of Jacob. Jacob, sorry, Jacob. I, I blended their name, kind of that Benefer, Benefer idea. I, I uh, was blending Jacob and Jira Moore, which is, I believe, the third wedding amongst refuge couples. And that is amazing. December, on the 12th of December, the Refuge Church donates 200 blankets to the Kitsap Immigration Center. Talk about being a church of the city. We're giving to families in need all around Kitsap County. And that's incredible, guys, because you are a part of that. We gave blankets to those in need. You should be really excited about that. On the 17th of this month, which was only a, a, like a week back, there were 157 at-risk and homeless youth that went and celebrated Christmas with Christmas parties all over Kitsap, Bremerton, Port Orchard, Paulsbo, Kingston, and they received gifts and they got to sing carols and they got to hear the story of Jesus. And many of you guys were a part of that. But think about how special that time was for those in our city. Another idea of how we've been the church of the city this year. Um, on the 18th, we have an amazing Christmas shindig with all sorts of delectable foods and snacks, hot beverages, carols by our wonderful worship team leaders. And we had the story of the candy cane told by Melissa Bowers, and how incredible that was, having everyone together just enjoying a fun time and sharing right before Christmas time. It was great seeing so many of you guys, and I encourage you, if you guys don't come to Refuge events, you need to do it. It's, it's a good time to bring your family together. It's always fun. There's always something for everyone, and we get to laugh and enjoy great food together. All right. So those are the highlights, and then, of course, the last highlight, church is canceled due to snow. That's pretty cool. I was going to sit outside, like I said, but uh, I think having some of what's going on would be pretty insane. 
Um, it might make you feel like you were back at church, though, with the kids yelling and screaming in the background. <laughs> so, um, all right, so this morning, we were supposed to tag team our sermon. It was going to be Daniel and I, and obviously weather didn't permit that, but we wanted you to know that we love you so much, and we did prepare something so that we could keep this morning special and rolling for you. And as part of that, Oh, I did. I forgot Bryce and Molly's baby, Nora. Nora was born this year. I believe that was in May, correct? May. I'm sorry, Bryce and Molly. We love your child. We love you. Um, so in preparation for this morning, I memorized Psalm 23, 1 through 3. So May 21st is little Nora's birthday, and uh, we are so happy to have her among our children at the refuge as well. So um, just lots of babies this year. It's been really exciting. Babies, marriages, fun events. As you can see, there were lots of ups, and then we, we had some key losses. So there were downs in there too. And uh, I think, you know, it's our hope that you would leave this year feeling filled up and then start next year thinking filled and overflowing. And while we're not going to touch so much on overflowing this morning, we're going to talk about that filled piece and what that looks like. And so in preparation, um, I memorized Psalm 23, 1 through 3, and I'm just going to recite this. And if you have a Bible, you can follow along. It's the NIV version. And it is this, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restore he refreshes my soul. He guides me along paths of righteousness for his namesake or along right paths for his namesake. So that's so that's it um, for that reading. So it's Psalm 23, 1 through 3. And um, this has kind of always had a sorrowful connotation to me. Uh, the way I understood this psalm in light of how I've seen it conveyed is what did that for me. In my family, coming from a not-Christian family or an un-Christian family, we didn't really talk about Psalm 23 in a positive light. I remember it being associated with somebody being read their final rites um, or even on the back of remembrance cards. I remember one year, I think I went to four or five funerals and on, a, on the back of every card, it was a different name, but it was the same psalm printed. And so I really missed out on the richness of what was being offered in this passage. It caused me to see it kind of in a low light. It gave me the idea that if you saw or heard Psalm 23, more than likely, something bad was going to happen or something bad had happened. Um, however, as I sat and I spent time this week memorizing and thinking through this short part of the passage, I walked to realizing how life-bringing and how life-giving this passage is and how God just desires to fill us. If you were to ask my wife about things that I personally enjoy, I'm sure she'd tell you that one of my favorite things to do is to sit out on my stoop in front of my house at night listening to podcasts. I don't know what it is, 
but there's just something about the dark sky and sometimes people jogging by and people driving by on my street that I sit in my chair on my little stoop with my phone turned up kind of midway because I don't want to bug my neighbors. And I listen to podcasts because there's just something about that whole ambiance that does it for me that just gets me so excited. And so outside the other night I was sitting and I was listening to these two co-hosts and what they were talking about was Christmas. And what they were talking about was how they didn't need another present. What they truly wanted was to eat a great meal and spend time with their families. And I was shocked because I personally can struggle with the consumerism of Christmas. Maybe you struggle with it too. I'm always looking forward to the next best thing or upping my book or hat or sports memorabilia game. If you guys remember, I posted a photo yesterday. I got a George Foreman autographed boxing glove. That is so sweet. Um, but unlike me in that thought process, here were two people talking about what was really important. And it was contentment and peace. They wanted to be filled with much more than material items. And what does that contentment or peace look like? And how does being full, what does being full mean? Like, what, what does that mean for us? And how do we be full of the things of God? In order to understand those first three verses in Psalm 23, I wanted to acknowledge kind of that relationship that we see played out because it, if you notice, Psalm 23 starts out incredibly strong. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Right? And we've heard a lot about shepherds. Ibrahim did a fabulous job recently preaching about shepherds and talking about what shepherds were and how they were treated and all that stuff. But really, we want to know what it is that a shepherd was and what it was that shepherds were responsible for. Shepherds were generally people who were employed in tending, feeding, and guarding sheep. Shepherds were normally armed with two different things. One, a sling. Because if you remember David, what did he fight Goliath with? He had a sling. And he was a shepherd. Also, Rachel was a shepherd. I don't know if you knew that. So it isn't necessarily gender restricted, in case you were curious. Um... Two, a rod that was 30 inches long with a knob on one end and a crook along the other that resembled an old-fashioned walking cane. So the Lord is my shepherd. This is God. If God is our shepherd, according to the first part of verse 1, the second part says, I lack nothing. But what does that mean we are in relationship to him? We're sheep. So I kind of compared and contrasted between the two different things because I wanted you to see how the relationship works between the shepherd and the sheep. And so here you go. A shepherd provides, right? He takes care of, he guides, he leads, he provides. He brings them to where they're ultimately going. A sheep consumes what's provided, a shepherd leads, right? Sheep follow. A shepherd feeds. A, shep 
a sheep eats, a shepherd watches, and sheep have the ability to feel safe and to lie down. That's incredible. So there's this big thing here that we are to find our complete filling in the work and provision of our shepherd. Everything we need for life and sustainment of life are found in him. Not that we are given abundance, because some people might say, well, I don't feel like I'm living abundantly. No, he gives us what we need for this moment, for this day, each day. Give us today our daily bread that we can continually follow him because everything we need for that moment is provided in our shepherd and from the shepherd's hand. Um, I think often that we believe that there are things that we can offer to kind of up our provision game, and we can't. We just can't because... God, it's all God. It reminds me of how God cares for the sparrow or how he dresses the lilies of the valley. If he does that for them and we're of much more importance to him, then why wouldn't he take care of us and do all of those things for us and provide for us? What an opportunity to trust and depend in God. In the second verse, I kept thinking about the word makes. And a lot of us, when we hear word the word makes, we kind of get this kind of like this uneasiness feeling, right? And I know I do because I don't want to be made to do anything. If you guys remember when you were in high school, your this might not be a good example. I hope no children are listening. When your teacher tells you to read a book, you don't want to read that book. You want to watch the movie or listen to the cliff notes. And why was that? Because you were forced to do it. But the reality is, it was for our good, right, that we were to do that, to be educated, to learn more, to um, whatever that looks like. And and I think it's funny, you know, we, we had this rebellious spirit against it. But that's not what the make that we're talking about looks like. As we find ourselves trusting God and believing in his provision and his oversight as our shepherd, we start to see where he is taking us. And we actually begin to desire it. I believe the make here is more of a response than a force, if you will. An illustration came to mind about the green pastures that we see just shortly. Um, that we are made to lie down in. And it dealt with this thought that I had a beautiful yard. Have you ever had somebody come over to your house and tell you that your yard doesn't look very good? This happened to me. And uh, I'm not embarrassed because sometimes hard conversations are a big part of life. And But if you know what I'm talking about, when your house, your grass has died, it's brown, it's yellowed, you know, you have no living plants. I think they all got the head snipped off of them because your kids might have ripped them up or, you know, your kids leave their socks by the trampoline or whatever that looks like. Um, my sister and I grew up next to a house where they never mowed the lawn, and I swear you could see old cars in it and all sorts of stuff, and it was gnarly, right? But people generally, when they see that stuff, they just drive on by because there's nothing attractive to see there. They just want to go because it's not living. It's not life-bringing. It is not what we're desiring, right? So, but the idea of the green pasture is kind of like a yard where the green grass has been cut in a beautiful pattern. Or the flowers are just satin beautiful in a color arrangement. These are the yards that you drive by slower and your wife or maybe you will say, man, I want to get a closer look at that yard or I want to smell those flowers. We got, we got to stop the car. We got to stop. And you're going to take a moment to rest there. And that is the beautiful part of that yard, right? And that's what God is bringing us to. Those are the pastures that 
we are going to lie down in because God has brought us to a safe place to rest. A shepherd would take his sheep to this green pasture where this animal would graze and graze and graze and they would be so satisfied by the presence that they're experiencing. And that's what we're doing. We're satisfied in that rest with God in that green pasture in relationship to him. And as that's taking place, all we can do is find rest and satisfaction in him. And so the sheep would sleep there in this field, knowing that when they wake up, the provision is still there and they are safely covered. And it made me think of this other thought, too, that I wanted to share. It was kind of like Thanksgiving. And when you think of Thanksgiving, at least when I think of Thanksgiving, I don't want to end up sleeping in the recliner at the end of the day. Some people like that. If that's your MO, that's okay. But what I was thinking about was, like, we usually are brought to this feast on Thanksgiving, and there's everything on the table, right? And we're eating it. And as we're enjoying this meal together, and we're enjoying the turkey and the green beans and the casseroles and the rolls and the martinellis. I love martinellis. Um, and as you're doing those things, you become satisfied and you're filled up to a point where falling asleep is all you can do. And you are just peacefully sleeping and resting. And that's what it is. It's, it's coming with God to the places he's leading us, finding our rest and purpose in him, finding our enjoyment in him. And we can do nothing but rest because he's giving us everything we need at that moment. And I'm just so, so pumped about that because that's what we want you to experience this year. Um, Another thing that really just got me going when I was reading this passage, and I want it to make you excited too, is that there are four action steps in there that are he statements. And it just kind of, it should leave us in awe of God because it shows us his incredible work and all the things that he's doing. It's he makes, he leads, he refreshes, he guides, he makes us to lie down in green pastures. It's where we're desiring to be. It's ultimately our desire, right? He has led us to quiet waters. He refreshes our soul. He guides us along right paths for his namesake. And when we find ourselves satisfied and filled by God, the things that are around us that are screaming for attention, they kind of they kind of become quieter. That's that quiet water. Because if you were to lead a sheep to like a babbling brook, right, or something that was like really active, it would scare them and they would run off. But God, he's bringing us to places of peace with quiet water that, that no matter what's going on around us, we're experiencing quiet water. And it made me think about the disciples when they're on the boat with Jesus and Jesus was asleep. And if you remember, there was a storm. And what did they do? They ran down and they're like, Jesus, wake up. There's a storm. And, the, and then Jesus, he goes up and he says, you know, he rebukes them for their lack of faith because what he really wanted was them to trust in him because everything they needed for that storm and the craziness that was going on outside of the boat was found in Jesus. He was the peace that they needed in that moment that they wouldn't have had fear. It's like when your child cries out for you in the middle of the night, right? You know that after a few minutes, they remember they're in a safe place with you when you go and you grab them. And then they fall asleep instantly because they just know that their father has their best interest in mind or their mother um, or their auntie, whatever that looks like. Um, and then it made me think of like, what are some of the greater things too? And as we learn to trust and we're filled and we're satisfied and content in God, I, I was thinking about Stephen and how Stephen was stoned for his faith. And I was like, it's amazing because while they were throwing rocks at him and he was literally dying, 
He was looking into heaven and he said, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. What kind of quiet waters do you believe that God took Stephen by in his life, that he was able to respond in such a way? And how much more interesting do you think it was, was for the people watching Stephen die, literally having him ask for their forgiveness and to praise God during that process? Incredible. And that's something that I was just so um, pumped up about. So why does God do any of these things that we talked about this morning on our behalf? Well, it's because it's for his namesake. Because when God sees us content, filled, resting, enjoying him, his name receives glory and honor in the places that we are in, the places that we dwell, in the things that we're doing, and they see a true representation of God and God's love for those that are his. It's incredible. And I think that then we see the message going out because of that, because they're seeing God at work in the lives of those that have found their rest, their peace, their comfort, their contentment in him, those that are choosing to be made and led and refreshed and guided. Those are the people that will be doing that. Um, so how do we be, how do we know the shepherd? How do we know the shepherd? How do we follow the shepherd? Well, we got to know the shepherd. And there are two things that I want you to do today. These are my challenges for you for this new year in order to be filled up and to truly know your shepherd, to enjoy your shepherd. And it's this one, I want you to commit to being people of the word. That's something that Dave used to say all the time. I want you to be people of the book. You need to know your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Read for enjoyment. I know sometimes you can feel like it's a tedious task because you're like, I have to read five chapters today or eight pages to read it. No, just slow down and actually enjoy your time in your Bible. I think when you take yourself and you imagine yourself kind of as a fly on the wall as you're reading it, you kind of see this in a more life-giving way of, What's taking place? I remember reading about Paul and being before Agrippa and how crazy that was. And as I was reading those things and I was slowing down and really just hanging off each word, I could just feel the intensity of those moments and what Paul was doing. And I could see how much he, he just loved Jesus and his resolve in life. And uh, from a man to go from what he had experienced to being a sold out Jesus person was incredible. And you could do that. Just slow down to enjoy your word. So you got to know your word. Commit to reading it. Um, and this is part of our five commitments, to read our word and also the journal. And I just wanted to share just kind of a short journal entry because I started doing that this year. Um, I got the lectern 19, uh, 1917 journal because it has dots on it. You can draw in it and you can write in it. It doesn't have to be um, too fancy. I like to write in cursive sometimes. I know how to do that. If anybody wants a cursive written letter, ask me. I will write you one. I do enjoy doing that. So um, Thursday, April 8th, 2021, I had read about praying in my Bible. Learning to pray and praying are two totally different things. My learning has to impact the practical. Can I become much better at praying? Absolutely. God has shown me this week alone that he cares not only about the big things, but even the smallest of details. That was it for that day. Here's another one. Monday, April 12th, 2021. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. 
In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. That's Psalm 41, 1. And I wrote, help me to see the poor as your special people. Give me a deeper love and tenderness to those you love so much. It's that simple. So you're reading the word, you're letting it impact you, and then you're writing kind of a placeholder to remind you um, of where God's brought you or the things that he's brought you through your mind. Now, the second thing, and this is kind of a cool thing that you may not know up until this moment, that the Refuge Church has purchased the Dwell app. So if you are on this thread, you can reach out to us and you can access the Dwell app for free. Um, the Dwell app is incredible. It has many different voices, many different um, translations. You can choose to set. Um, this app reads the very words of God over you, and you can find peace um, through that. You will find on this app like seven different Bible reading plans, themed collection playlists, a wide variety of Christian tradition, um, daily listens that you can even cue. You can cue the passages you want to listen to. If there's multiple things you want to listen to, you can line them up and play them in order. Um, I listen to, I'm going to let you guys in on this. My mom is from England. I choose David, the guy from England's voice. I really like his voice. It's very charming. Um, it's NIV. And I just like um, the different pieces of how his accent picks up the words. It's not distracting to me. I enjoy it. So um, my grandmother had an English accent as well. Um, a little known fact about the Dwell app. I use the Dwell app as I sermon prep. During that week, as I go to sleep, I will put my earbuds in and I will pick the repeat and reflect option on Dwell, which you can do this as well. And as you lay there, it will repeat over and over again the passage so you can get a richer and deeper um, understanding of your scripture and you can just really enjoy that. And then it gives you like a buffer of you can choose like 10 to 15 to 30 seconds between so you can think between the passages and so i will literally listen 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 until i fall asleep during the work of week of sermons and um, that helps me as i'm thinking through and planning my thoughts out so i think the dwell app is an amazing tool it would be an amazing thing for your life you'll enjoy it it is absolutely free it does cost money for the church so just so you know, this is an investment we're making in you because we want you to be excited about the word of God. So if you want access to that, please ask myself or Daniel or um, Megan, and we will figure out a way to get that to you. We do not want you to miss out on using the Dwell app. So that's what I had for you this morning, guys. And I'm thankful that you tuned in and you watched. Um, let me pray for our time. But another thing that I encourage you to do, since we didn't get to meet in person, I encourage you to... Grab a loaf of bread from your cupboard or from your cabinet or from your countertop and sit with your family. And I want you to get a cup of juice and I want you to take communion together. And I want you to just, you know, remember that as Jesus reclined at table and he sat with those, his disciples, um, he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And so he took the bread and he ripped it. And he said, this is my body, which was broken for you. And then he took the cup and he said, in the same way, or no, and he, and he said, eat of it. And every time you eat, do it in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant that is by my blood, the blood of the new covenant. And I, every time you drink of it, I want you to remember the blood that was shed for you. So um, do this in remembrance of me. So I, I'm asking that you do that. It's a very special thing. You don't have to do that at church. You can do that with your family just to remember, God, as we, as we celebrated Jesus' 
birthday yesterday. Just a great way to remember what that birth meant. Um, let me pray for you guys. We just thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you that even on a snowy day, we still have a God that loves us so greatly. We thank you that we can rest in you, God. Make us people of your word, that we would be so excited to spend time with you, that we would read your Bible, that we would even enjoy the Dwell app, God, that you would be honored and glorified in our lives. Be with us as we jump into January. Help us to be filled, God, overflowing, that those around us would experience your goodness and see Jesus as the true king of the kingdom of God. We love you. We ask that you be with us. In your name. Amen.